is the Fanboy Planet podcast uh, for uh, August 1st, 2006. We are still in Los Angeles and with Carl D'Angelo, the, one of the owners of Earth 2. Uh, give the address so people know. We, we check the address. Okay, we're Earth 2 Comics, 15017 Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks, California. There we go. So if you want to find it, you can. Your also website is comics101.com. or Comics101.com for uh, Scott Tipton's Comics 101 uh, features and earth2comics.com for our general website, earth2comics.com. Uh, since uh, I didn't get a chance to look at any of the preview books this week, it's really, uh, <laughs> I'm here to talk to you and what's, uh, what's looking good in comics this week. Uh, what is good in comics this week? I think one of the exciting things is uh, from Image Comics, Dusty Star, which is uh, a, a western starring a female character, uh, written and drawn by Andrew Robinson. Andrew's the uh, the painter who did all the great Starman covers. Oh yeah, um, and uh, and a bunch of other other things, you know. Uh, trading cards and game cards but extraordinary painter this isn't painted art it's just incredibly uh, uh, you know I mean it's almost like a Sergio Leone movie on, in a comic book mm-hmm. it looks really cool I think that's something really cool from Image this week uh, DC has has The Creeper by Steve Niles you know 30 Days of Night Steve Niles and uh, art by uh, J- Justiniano and, um, I think that's how you say it sure Great. I scored. <laughs> you know, the podcast, it's a whole new world. That's right. Um, uh, you have to say a lot of things out loud. Uh, and inked by uh, Walton Wong, I think, too. Usually so. they go together, don't they? they there you are. Begun, they're, they're, they have begun going together. I'm uh, not saying anything about them. But. And the Creeper is one of those great DC characters that, you know, you never see enough of. And, 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 and what's cool about this take that comes out of, out of the Brave New World post-crisis Universes. This is the the first time we've seen the creeper in the DC universe. So it's not taking it like, you know, oh, you've got to deal with 40 years worth of creeper continuity. Uh, the Steve's approach was, this is the origin story. This is the first time, and and that was the the marching orders. And I think that's a good way, you know, a good way to do it. Okay, it's, so this is really a reboot outright. This is a, a creeper reboot. Okay. And 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 they're those and but they are still the same red boots with the it is a creeper red hairy, boot <laughs> it's a red boot reboot <laughs> exactly the there strange, you go. Uh, for, I'm looking forward to reading that myself because I've been a long time creeper fan who's always been one of those characters that I think people like more than they like actually buying the book. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, Steve Ditko created the Creeper, and, you know, you have that Steve Ditko craziness in the 60s, and then I remember him from the 70s as always being kind of a cool, fun Batman guest star. You know, he'd show up in, like, Brave and Bold or Detective. They would cross over a few times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's one of those characters that it was always, you know, I, I don't know that there's been a Creeper series there was near zero hour because there was an odd uh, or a creeper one million. I remember there was a creeper one million, which creeper I, one I million. still don't understand. It was like someone sort of listened to Grant Morrison and ran with it, and it was so confusing. I, I, at one point, it was like it was a creeper elemental. I think uh, the 90s were bad time. <laughs> <laughs> speaking speaking of Grant Morrison ideas, though, I, I also have to give a shout out to uh, all new Adam number two comes out this week. 
And while I haven't seen the preview, I like the first issue a lot um, by Gail Simone, who really, uh, you know, created I think an interesting new character for the for the Atom, um, and yet still tied to his JLA roots, and you know, with foreshadowing that you know the JLA was eventually going to come into the story. So uh, issue number two of that is uh, something I'm looking forward to. Okay, good. Uh, and on the Marvel side, I think the 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 the, the book to beat this week is Agents of Atlas. And it's, uh, it's Jeff Parker writing it. Jeff Parker writing it and drawn by. Oh, crud. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visual. Oh, I don't know. That was a great cute visual cue, but I have no idea. I don't remember who's drawing it. I know I ran, we ran the art on Fanboy Planet. And I, I know Tom Coker's doing the covers, and uh, we should <laughs> None of us know. But it looked cool. It, it, it looks really great. It I'm, look I'm, cool. I mean, I'm really excited about this. Uh, taking the 50s. Marvel characters One that... One of my favorite what-if issues from the Avengers it, were in the 50s. Exactly. Um, that uh, Roy Thomas created the 1950s Avengers for an issue of What If, and uh, you know, Roy Thomas always had the thing of doing what-ifs that he would later say, oh, it really happened. Yes. You know, he would, he would create what-ifs that could then really fit in the continuity, but I do believe Avengers Forever then unraveled the existence of the 50s Avengers. I think so. Yes. If I recall correctly. But you've got Gorilla Man. I mean, probably one of the best character names ever. Uh, you've got Venus. You've got Marvel Boy. Uh, I mean, this is just, you know, I think it's going to have a little bit of that next wave kind of kind of feel to it. Uh, not as not as angry, but, you know, just kind of like, you know, hip, off the beaten path. Yeah, let's, say, let's uh, take a step back then. Is, uh, are there any trades that would tie into that because it seems to me that Marvel did do something that reprinted those 50s guys and I don't know what the name of that book would be. There, well, there's a What If Classic book okay, out so that, that, that has the, the Roy Thomas What If story that combines them all. Um, you know, I mean, there's the Grant Morrison Marvel Boy series which is a completely different Marvel Boy though. Right. So I don't know if there's a, if there's a lot of stuff... Uh, so it'd be hard to go back and figure out who these characters are, other than the What If and Avengers Forever, which right. probably has a collection somewhere. Yes, uh, and then and then this, which is. A I think the What If story is probably kind of you know was, uh, which is in What If Classic, um, Volume One or Two, uh, is probably the place to to get the get some of the background. And, and, and that's what you need. There we go. Um, yeah, and Jimmy Woo, I believe, is leading them. Uh, yes. The, <laughs> all these immortal agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. <laughs> Leonard Kerr. We've just been handed a Leonard note. Leonard Kerr. This just in. Leonard. <laughs> Leonard's, Leonard's a great guy. Uh, and and did all those great, uh, did a whole bunch of Supergirl and, and, and JSA for DC. Uh, did a character for Marvel called Ultra Girl. Uh, and recently did a great uh, Batman run. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the, our manager, Darren, the, the silent voice of uh, Darren Klevenich, our, our, our manager, <laughs> you, is, you can is, is, speak is up. holding up comics and pointing things out. You can me. speak up. I, I so appreciate credit, any input we get, as long as it doesn't get chaotic. Credit where credit is due. Very good. Uh, but Very good. Leonard Kirk is, uh, is, is a terrific artist. I, I remember his Ultra Girl for Marvel fondly. There were like two issues. Of that. Wow, I, I totally don't remember that at I all. Think, I think Marvel just wanted to own the title Ultra Girl because there really was no other reason to do the comic. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it ended on a cliffhanger, and you know, no one's ever thought to revive Ultra Girl, but now somebody will. Oh, sure. Uh, and heard I think, it here first. 
And the other the other big hit, uh, two other big things I think coming from Marvel this week are the Fantastic Four 539, which continues the Fantastic Four uh, Civil War crossover, mm-hmm. and you know, and I think there's going to be. Uh, uh, I think that the seeds have been sown that there's going to be a ma- some major splits within the Fantastic Four over the Civil War issues. That's good. I haven't read, caught up on the Fantastic Four, but uh, it, it seemed to me that Reed and Sue have to be having some sort of issues. Well, Reed is clearly in the Tony Stark camp. I mean, being part of the Illuminati, and uh, I think Sue's even accused him more of thinking too much with his brain, you know, in this case, and he's being just so by the book and logical about it. He's not seeing all the ramifications. And it does seem... Uh, and if you remember, in Illuminati, one of the other, one of the first people to walk away from uh, the Illuminati was Namor. And uh, we kind of know who has an affinity for Namor in the Fantastic <laughs> Four, don't we? And it ain't Johnny Storm. Oh, yeah. uh, so, so that's, again, this is me as, you know, as a, a denizen of Fanboy Planet simply speculating, but uh, that, that seems to be where some of the Well, sure, but the speculation some of the is fun. Gone. That's why we're here. We care. Absolutely. Uh, we, we read the comics. Yeah. Uh, and... And I gotta say, I, I dug the last issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. I love that Bendis is doing his own clone saga because I think it's so audacious. And mm-hmm. you know, to say I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do my version, and I'm gonna do it right. And I think I don't want to, you know, I'm Mister No Spoiler. So, yeah. uh, but I think the previous issue ended with a great cliffhanger that totally caught me off guard. You know, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's fighting the Scorpion, and then major twist ending, and I can't wait to see what happens next as we build mm-hmm. toward Ultimate Spider-Man 100, and it's a, and that that's a big event. I don't know if you know the story or heard the story about uh, Brian it, it's worth, I, I, I know the story, but I'll bet that people listening to this have no clue, so we have to fill in. Um, it's a big event in Comicdom. We're looking forward to it. Yes, it's a, and, among re, and, and if you're a comic book retailer, it teaches you to be careful what you say, but Brian Hibbs, who writes uh, the Tilting at Windmills column about comic book retailing, uh, you know, has been sort of a, a you know the Northern Calif- one of the Northern California gurus of, of comic book retailing. Uh, several years ago, said, you know, when Ultimate Spider-Man was announced, said, if this book reaches 100, I'll eat a bug. And now that we're closing in on, on Ultimate Spider-Man 100, I believe uh, Brian Hibbs has announced he's actually going to eat a bug. <laughs> I think we should document it. It should be a, you know, like oh. Werner Herzog eats his shoe, uh, <laughs> Brian Hibbs eats a bug. I, I think I think Brian is, uh, yeah, he's, I think it will be well documented. I think Brian, you know, is, is smart enough to sort of make a big, uh, you know, big event out of it considering, um, you know, it's, you know, hey, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to know when you're right, but also admit when you uh, were short-sighted about something. So yeah, there we go. So, so that's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So you know, we've kind of covered uh, sort of the, the high points of the of the releases on the what, what we say monthly books or, yes. or, or bi-monthly, or what some people will say the pamphlets. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you, you, we talked earlier. You said you wanted to talk about trade paperbacks and things that are coming out. Or yeah, I think well, it's it's you know to me. It's not just the weekly comics. I mean, I you know, there, there's all these great books every week, and I think there's a whole audience that sometimes doesn't even look at the the the, the weeklies as much as going, you know, what's you know what's new, and 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 this is a, this is a good week. I mean, there's Absolute Kingdom Come, which is the you know seventy five dollar hardcover slipcase edition that's not only got the seventy five dollars. It's seventy five dollars. Oh, okay. 
Uh, I mean, they're, I guess depending on page counts and stuff, absolute editions, there, there doesn't seem to be a standard price. Okay. Uh, I guess it depends on, on, on what's in it. But in addition to the story, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's there have been various compendiums of some of, some of the Alex Ross sketches and designs for, uh, for Kingdom Come, and I think this book, uh, this book's going to have all of that stuff in addition to the story. So it's just a great art book. And it's the art oversized. I mean, there have been other collections of Kingdom Come, but this, you know, this is this is seeing the painted art in, in its pretty much its original size, which I think is really cool. Uh, there's also Exterminators, Bug Brothers, coming out this week, which that is the, the, the first five issues? It's the first five issues uh, of Vertigo the new series. Vertigo series. And that's been, you know, been a really big seller for us that we can't keep the issues in stock, so I'm happy to have the the trade this 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 soon and, and I think it's going to be one of those you know one of those new books like DMZ and um, you know and Loveless that have been coming from Vertigo and Wildstorm that you know it's you know it's it, it's here to stay I mean people are really digging it and it's it's uh it, it's great to have these these offbeat you know offbeat new series coming out mm-hmm. yeah. uh, art on that is just is is beautiful and um, you know Marvel has uh, has the new 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 X Men volume this week, and Chris Yost, uh, I think, has been doing a great job, really breathing like new life into into the New X Men. You know, it's always been, you know, the New Mutants, the school part. It's always been, I think, a tricky part, uh, uh, you know, tricky part mm-hmm. to do. But you know, people have gotten really excited uh, over his, his uh, you know, first six issues, and now, um, you know, there's now the new the new book is out. And again, X Men is one of those. X-Men series are, are the kind of books, again, a lot of people are now just, you know, they're, they're like Marvel's manga. They just, people will read them in the trades because they, you know, six issues come out and boom, there's a trade. and Marvel's manga. Like <laughs> and yet, when they tried to make it manga-esque, it didn't really work. So that's... Uh... That's the tricky thing. People like trade paperbacks, but they, they, they like to, you know, they read, the people who are reading them are reading them regularly as well. It's just a different, you know, it's mm-hmm. just a slightly different window. Um, well, and then, then how about stuff that hasn't been collected? This is a, a week that uh, maybe not so many. I look around here, and you've already got some of the uh, names of things up. So <laughs> <laughs> look for that are coming out tomorrow. So you're ready to do that. Uh, so for one, um, I don't know if you've seen this, this Oz Wonderland Chronicles. I think that's been promised for quite some time. Yes, it's and here. It's here. Is that a Greg Horn cover? This there's is, a know, Greg Horn cover. I'm there's pandering a... to my lowest common denominator because you <laughs> the know I know the art goes well. Well, there's a, what there was the Greg Land. The, I think did the cover on the preview issue, mm-hmm. um, or it was, it was certainly his style. And there was a preview issue about uh, of it. Uh, the one that comes out. This week has a, a cover by Joe Jesco and a cover by Phil Noto, and they're both, uh, you know, very, you know, good-looking covers. And it's a great idea. I mean, you know, it's, you know, you know, I don't, I know that it's Oz, I know that it's Wonderland, and I know at there's least from the covers involved. and there's chronicles involved. <laughs> and I, no, and I know that uh, uh, Dorothy and Alice, Alice look look very nice on, on the covers, and and it, it's. Uh, I've seen their costumes in finer shops across the nation. There you uh, go. That, you know, <laughs> with blacked-out windows. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, okay. So that's coming out tomorrow. But, but then the things, <laughs> the things uh, that uh, that are around that maybe haven't been collected yet, but are interesting. Actually, I'm gonna I, I'm going to riff on this. Uh, we've had a technical difficulty. There we are. Car is back. 
um, the series that haven't been collected yet. But what's uh, you know what's hot that you would recommend that people just you know they've been around for a little bit maybe and people maybe aren't reading, but you think, I think they if should. Someone walked in tomorrow and said what to read. I think the short list includes Civil War. Obviously, um, that's not been selling well at all. Right? No, no, but I mean, but that's. <laughs> uh, but you know, if someone was just going. I want to read a comic. I think that's a great place to start. I don't think. Uh, you know, I think it tells the story that it's telling really well. Um, I think uh, you know it's been shooting up the charts, but Ed Brubaker's Daredevil has been. You know, I, I love the Bendis version, and Bendis painted uh, Matt Murdock into a corner. And then, uh, you know, for Brubaker to solve, and he's just done such a great job. So that the first six issues, the first six issue story arc just concluded, but it's not collected yet. But that's you know something that we've been saying to people: you have to read this, you have to read this because it just blows you away. Uh, last week, the new Bat- uh, Batman came out by Grant Morrison, yeah, uh, and uh, and is it Andy Kubert? One of the Andy, yes. Okay. Uh, and and that was that was just great. I mean, that was just a lot of you know fun to see you know Batman, the Joker, Commissioner Gordon, and you know with a crazy Grant Morrison twist that you go, you know what? I don't know. This is this is going to interesting places. Mm-hmm. Um, so really looking forward to that. And Paul Dini's Detective comes out tomorrow. And, and the first issue of that was really good. Yeah, it was a you know solid you know one one issue detective story, and a lot of people really dug it. Mm-hmm. And um, so know. a lot of good places to start if you somebody walks into the store and feels Absolutely. like you know, I liked this character when I was a kid, but I don't know what's going on. Exactly. There's some good places. Yeah. Same with Superman, the Superman and action books. Uh, you know, with Kurt Busiek and Jeff Johns, uh, they've been they've been good stories to 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 jump in on. Uh, and All Star Superman by Grant Morrison is probably the best you know Superman story ever told in my lifetime. But you know it's okay. <laughs> uh, it just, it just, it, the way you just kind of dis- <laughs> that's a, that, that's <laughs> it does feel that way though. That is the Superman book we all thought we were reading as kids. Yes, but it's smart enough that we that we still can't you know. And he's taken things like the goofy Jimmy. Um, Olsen transformations to to an epic to an epic place. You know, it's it, it, it you know I mean and there's a little bit of that now in Moore's uh, Supreme, but you know, but I, I do think yeah, All Star Superman is again a great place for uh, for people to to jump in. I think for Fantastic Four, Joe Casey's First Family, which is sort of the the you know one thing people forget since we're so used to origin stories. You know, Amazing Spider-Man 15 was. Um, you know the origin of Spider-Man, and you know how, and everything with the burglar, and then you told all the Spider-Man stories. Fantastic Four, Stanley and Jack Kirby started with the Fantastic Four were already the Fantastic Four, and they were in the Baxter Building, and they're shooting mm-hmm. four, you know, Fantastic Four flares into the sky, and having meetings and saving the world. And then they flash back to the origin, and Joe Casey and Chris Weston uh, are have are telling the story of what happened between. The, the the shuttle crash, the spacecraft crash mm-hmm. that created the Fantastic Four, and you know that first issue and of Fantastic Four One and yeah. fighting the Mole Man and building up to that. That's a really cool story. I mean, I love those kind of you know uh, renewed, revisited origin type stories, and and and, and that's a, that's a really really good one. Alright, so well, we got your opinion there on civil, <laughs> on, on civil War, which has been somewhat controversial, though not a bad seller by any stretch of the no. imagination. Uh, incredibly good seller. Uh, 
Now, on the flip side, of course, we just wrapped up the Infinite Crisis and, and we're in knee-deep in 52. So how's that going for you as a reader, but also as a retailer? I love 52. I mean, I really like... Uh, especially since I personally have moved a bit toward to trades because I like to read the whole story together. 52 gives me a great experience because instead of having books that come out, you know, once a month, and again, a lot of certain, a lot of the higher quality books, as unfortunate, seem to miss their schedules more often. So books are every two months or every, you know, or more than that sometimes. Uh, you know, Planetary is my favorite book. How many issues of that do I get a year? Uh, to have 52 every week, you can really follow the story. You can, you, you're, you're really getting an experience of the same story every week, and I love having that. Um, you know, all the talk about lesbian, you know, Batwoman aside, um, it's been, you know, that was good publicity for the book and got, got it out there to the mainstream public in the way that the Civil War publicity did, but just you know, week after week, it's delivering, and it has created a, a really loyal, loyal following. I mean, it's one of DC's certainly their you know top five sellers. You know, and if you and if you add them, if the if you add, and that's on a weekly basis. If you add the issues up as saying you know, as you know, it if you multiply you know by four for a monthly sales you know it's it's outselling every issue but it's but in terms of its readership it's in the top 5 sellers for DC and that's got to be where 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 they want it to be and like i said i think it's a great experience and a great experiment and you know you see all these you know, strange characters like Adam Strange, you know, off on his distant planet. With no eyes. With no eyes, blind Adam Strange. You know, Black Adam, the Black Adam beats have been really great, all the stuff. You know, Steel is a character that is probably from a time when I wasn't that into Superman, but this series has made me care about uh, about oh, Steel. And they brought back the Mighty Isis. Which and the had, never really existed before. So. Yes, and and you know, and, and and even if they don't have the rights, it certainly feels a lot like the filmation <laughs> ISIS. Oh no, that's right. I'm sure it resembles her very, very, very close. Well, I, ISIS herself, I guess, is public domain, and, uh, and 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 Booster Gold, who you know, again, from an era of the Justice League that wasn't my Justice League growing up, but you know, and I never knew much about the character. Certainly, if he had a series, I never read his Booster Gold series. Yes, he did, uh, but. Again, really creating a story in terms of in terms of this theme of what is heroism, which is I think is at the core of of, of this genre of, of of fiction. You know, they're called superheroes, so art. You know, what, what does it mean to be a hero? Is a, is always a great story to examine. And this this um, series, and especially through the eyes of Booster Gold, has really uh, has really illuminated that. Yeah. What's been your favorite of the uh, one year later's? Because we, we have uh, I think I think Robin has been has been really surprisingly fun and it's always hard I think to do Robin uh, solo stories and especially you know there's been so much of the Tim Drake was always about well he's you know training to be Robin he's training to be Robin and finally I think uh, you know Adam Beechin is telling a Robin story that's just you know really I mean you know the, uh, it's just a lot of fun and is is is, is you're, you're not bothered by the by the character change, apparently, because at Comic Con, every panel somebody was complaining about Batgirl right. having turned out to not be the hero that she'd been for 68, 70 issues. Well, we're on New Earth, you know. I I, I, I still think all the questions of New Earth, if not, you know, and, and again talking about the Creeper, this is a world where the Creeper showing up for the first time. So I think I think you have to I think you have to be open minded. I've never been somebody. Um, who 
got too bent out of shape about about what happens. Uh, you know, I'll sometimes feel a character has done something quote unquote out of character, but you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a serial form of literature, and if if you don't keep introducing changes and twists, it's going to become stagnant. So uh, I never. I, there's very little I've I've gotten angry about. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because definitely at the con, I felt there were a lot of really controversial that I wasn't aware of. Just right. I'm reading it. I'm, I'm in your right. boat. It's like okay, a little bothered by a elongated man in '52. I think that's a little not where we left him in Infinite uh, Identity Crisis, but. Right. I'm willing to see where it's going. And well, at the end of Identity Crisis, he's talking to himself in the dark, so I don't know. <laughs> but this looks so... <laughs> All right, but he didn't have a gun in his mouth. But All right. Yes, uh, yes, that, that was that was a... But you know what? It was it was it was a bad day, and it, you know, uh, it was you know it was the, it was. <laughs> Mel Gibson had a gun in his mouth. And, well, and look what happened weapon. to him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Ralph did, and he's going to be pulled over drunk next week in 52 and apologize to the media uh, much later. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, how about looking forward in the next uh, in the next couple of months? Where do we go for 52? Where do we go for Civil War? Um, well... I think Justice League, Brad Meltzer, speaking of identity crisis, Brad Meltzer doing Justice League and bringing all those... Uh, the Zero issue was, I think, a taste. Uh, it really didn't start the story yet, but certainly hinted at, at things uh, mm-hmm. things to come. After all, there could be a second Earth out there, and no one's more excited about than you, second Because Earth you hold the me. trademark on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but I think the Justice League looks exciting. And, and Civil War, I mean, has pushed... The characters to such extremes. I mean, you're, it really does make you wonder what is the role of Iron Man post Civil War. You know, how, how does how does he come back from from you know where he's been unless he you know wakes up and goes, hey, I was drunk. You know, he's got to pull him. Tony Stark's got to pull him Mel Gibson and, and uh, know, write a letter to Captain America that apologizes for everything he said. But hey, okay. Uh, <laughs> We've been friends for a long time. 